We're going to have our uh, children who normally leave for 252, our kids' church, we're going to have them stay in just a little bit longer. We're still going to have 252 today, but we do have a couple of missions updates that we'd like for uh, those children to hear from. But if you have a child that needs to be checked into the nursery, you can go ahead and go through these doors and take them into the nursery and get those uh, children checked in. Well, today we're, we're spending a little time focusing in on missions. And before we get to the message, we've got uh, some missions updates. Uh, we have a few people that Dogwood has been supporting uh, in missions work. And uh, we've got a, a recent missions trip to New York, short-term trip. Uh, and then we also have some long-term missionaries here with us from Belize, uh, and so what I would like to start with is I'm going to invite uh, Chris Williams and Newton Reeves to, to come up. Uh, Chris and Newton uh, just got back right before Christmas for, uh, from their short-term trip to New York. And so back in, New, uh, back in November, uh, we kind of shared with you what they were going to be doing. Uh, we uh, prayed over them, uh, and we invited the church to also consider supporting. Newton was still raising money for uh, the mission trip, so we encouraged the church to pray about if you were able to support him, and we raised some support to help him attend that. Uh, but guys, thank you all for being here today and, and we're going to just hear, uh, you know, a few minutes from them on kind of what they did, uh, what they were a part of, the work that they were a part of, uh, on their trip in New York. So y'all share with us for a few minutes. Thank you. For sure. Uh, well, yeah, well, good morning, church family. Uh, thank you for giving us the privilege to share with you, uh, just a little bit about what God did in New York. Uh, I'm going to ask Newton a few questions and then I'll answer them too. And so, uh, Newton, uh, kind of, you know, tell us, what did you do in New York, and kind of, where were you? Like, what were you doing? Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, we went to New York, and uh, we were mainly in the Jamaica, Queens area, in the Queens area. Sometimes we would go to Jackson Heights. But we got to meet these wonderful people. Uh, I think it was Justin and, Justin and Kendall. Justin and Kendall, they're wonderful people. They're trying to start a church in... Uh, Jamaica Queens. Right now, they have a they have this kind of ESL center in uh, Jackson Heights, I think. And that was actually uh, we got to go there and actually teach some uh, um, some South Asian people English, and we got to meet with them and just have some conversations. That was it was actually kind of wonderful, and I kind of enjoyed it. And then uh, and then we got to go. Uh, into Jamaica Queens and we set up some tables and we got a bunch of jackets from uh uh the what church was it South Carolina crew huh? so it was uh, it was a ministry from South Carolina crew ministry yes <laughs> they so we handed a bunch of free jackets to people and it was so uh it was very wonderful to see all their faces and uh I know some people got prayed for and there was some crying uh but <laughs> it was a fun experience and then we also got to go uh, uh, if you go back. We got to go into a Muslim mosque and a, uh, a Hindu temple. The Hindu temples on the left, and the Muslim mosques on the right. And it was very interesting to meet all the the people there and their their leaders of their uh, their respective churches. And so, yeah, as, as Newton said, we went to a place called Jamaica Hillside. Uh, when I was in New York a few years ago in 2019. In that summer, we uh, served Jamaica Hillside, and 
If you know anything about the country of Bangladesh, it's about 300 million people, uh, about 98% Muslim. And so this community is filled with people from Bangladesh. And so it's almost called like Little Bangla or Little, Little Dhaka. That's the capital of Bangladesh. And so um, we got to go back to that same place. And in this area, there's probably about 200,000-ish people from Bangladesh. It's nuts how diverse this area is. And if you go a few more blocks, there's people from Afghanistan. You go a few more blocks, there's people from China. And so it's like one of the most diverse places in the world. Um, but uh, we got to help plant a church there with Justin and his wife, Kendall. Um, and so most of the trip was really just pioneering mission work for them to do in the future. And so we wanted to meet a practical need, which was just coats, like people needed coats for the cold. And, um, and so we got to do that, and we kind of helped them set up a kind of or maybe way they can make a, or meet a spiritual need in the future through those practical needs. And so uh, one for, funny story, uh, me and Newton were giving out coats, and the community just loved it. Like they were like crazy about it. And they knew we were Christian, right? Most of us don't look like them. They're kind of a different complexion, right? And so they know we're not like from there. But they came up and they said, hey, like, can we help you? Like, can we bring coats for you to, you know, give out to people? Like, can we start a coat drive? And, and they were asking us when we were coming back next time. And we told them we're not coming back because it was the only day we were doing it. But um, they were really upset about that. And one guy I've never even met, he was like, hey, like, hey, man, like, why didn't you call me? Like, you know, like, this morning, I would have like, been here. And I was like, if I'd known who you were, I would have called you. <laughs> but it was just so funny. But they were just so thankful for what we were doing. And it was just cool to see how God met such a deep heart need through such a simple outward need. Um, and so that's kind of what God showed us. And so much more practical pioneering. I don't know if we got to share the gospel, but that's okay. Like, we shared the gospel, I think, in other ways that trip. And so, uh, yeah. But uh, with one more question. Maybe, Newton, just tell us how God changed your heart for the nations while you were there. Uh, I think it, it, it definitely gave me a different uh, perspective on other cultures because I never even – really thought of other cultures i don't know it just kind of sounds uh, rude of me but i'm kind of in my own world here in america and you know you see all these other people from the other side of the world and you're like oh well it seems like their lives have been pretty hard too and so i just thought it was wonderful that they got to see how because uh, i'm sure that most of them don't have the best opinion of white people coming through immigration because I know some of those immigration officers can be a little rough. So it was nice to show them that not all Americans are bad and that even not all Christians are bad if they had a, you know, a, a tainted perspective of Christians in America. So it was wonderful to show them. Yeah, I think I love just getting to serve those communities because we get to see that, and I think God showed me this last time I was there, but I think we always think of God as only being American, like God is only being like in our culture and our worship, but uh, he's not only American, right? He's all over the world, and he's in all languages and tribes, and so we got to see that. And so uh, thank you guys for this time, and yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Chris and Newton. Yeah, what a blessing to just hear some some ways that God used them on this short-term trip to to start pouring into and uh, supporting a ministry that's going to continue on. And so, uh, you know, we prayed for them as they went, but they were there supporting and and working alongside a, a church planter that's in that community and going to be like continuing that work and and continuing. 
uh, demonstrations of, of the love of Christ and speaking the gospel uh, into these people that desperately need the good news. And so let's continue to pray that the work that they did on that short, short, short-term trip sorry, uh, will continue to bear fruit. So we're thankful for you all and your, and your faithfulness. And, and let's continue to pray that God will, will use that and use the church planter that they were, uh, church planters that they were working with. Well, now, if you have uh, been at Dogwood since the early, early days, uh, you may know our next guest. Uh, Bob and Rhonda Farley are long-term missionaries in Belize, uh, and they've been there, we learned last night, uh, we had dinner with them, and they've been there now, they're on their 23rd year of serving uh, in Belize. Uh, and so the Lord called them into missions. Uh, they went to serve in Alaska for a few years, and then God called them to another polar opposite of Alaska, and they went down to Belize and, uh, and thawed out, I guess, from their time in Alaska. Uh, but we wanted them, they've been here, they'll be here for about a month. They've got another week or so here until they head back uh, to Belize and uh, when I found out that they were going to be here, I wanted them to come because Dogwood, for 23 years, has been financially supporting them each month. Uh, we continue to do that. We continue to keep that in our budget. And so I thought it would be really good for us to hear from them about the work that they've been doing, the work they continue to do, and what they, what they think God has for them next. So thank you all so much for, for joining us, and you all share with us. Thank you, Pastor David. If we have some photos, I believe. This is Rhonda Farley. My name is Bob. We started here in the early 90s and left in 96 to serve in Alaska. In 99, we left. Uh, we actually came back here for a few months and before moving to Belize. And we've lived uh, in Belize. It's a Central American country. You can see there uh, Mexico, the Yucatan is just above Belize with Guatemala below us. In the red. <laughs> and uh, how many people remember us from those days? Is there, I see, maybe half? Well, the other, uh, for, the, for the rest of you, just understand as Pastor explained, you guys have been financially supporting our ministry for 23 years. And when we left here to go to uh, uh, Belize, uh, the church voted to financially support us and has continued faithfully, and we want to thank you for that. And what you realize as missionaries is we don't work part-time, we don't work overtime. We, I mean, we work, there's a lot of hours we work, but we just live by faith, believing, trusting that God's going to financially provide for us. So anything we show you <laughs> is a proof that God is faithful in what He says He will do, He finishes. And even there's been times that uh, we have felt that we wasn't going to finish or we was out of energy or we was just whatever. God is even faithful when you're just sitting doing nothing, thinking, am I going to make it? He's still faithful. Amen. And just for you to understand that before we get started, anything you see as a picture of here is something God has done. And so uh, we came in on furlough. Uh, this is a Belize Bible College. And uh, as we came in on furlough one time, we was preaching. Um, I was preaching on the Texas-Oklahoma border. And this was the early days when our oldest daughter was with us. And the way we would do in those days is somebody from this church would carry us to the next church and we'd get a motel room. And then somebody from that church would carry us to the next church. And we were just, you know, without a vehicle. We spent the night in a hotel 
on the Oklahoma border. And uh, a man from Houston was coming to pick us up the next day, John Boaz, to, to do that same thing there. And then somebody carries you to the airport and you fly out. You know, that's, that's the way furlough works. And so one morning in my prayer time, uh, and you know how fast things go here. You know, if you've got money in your pocket, you're eating, you're buying clothes, you're just moving on. But one morning in my prayer time there in this really cheap hotel on the Oklahoma border, the Lord, in my prayer time, the Lord showed me and caused me to realize that everything I had at that moment was because he'd give it to me. Mm-hmm. And from people like you that work extra jobs and extra hours and, and sacrifice what you're doing to give to a missionary, it was eye-opening for me just for us to come to a complete stop and realize that if we ate a meal, if we checked in the motel, if we had clothes, it was because people financially support their missionary. So I can't say thank you enough. And then it's it's beyond heartwarming to be back here <laughs> this morning and to see you doing well, praising, worshiping. Be encouraged. There's more ahead. God has Amen. something huge planned for this church. Amen. And just be faithful in what you're doing. He's faithful in what he does. This project we're working on now, uh, This I'll let Rhonda talk in a minute, I promise. But uh, we actually started uh, in uh, a thatch house. We started in two thatch houses in Belize. And I'll let Rhonda share a little bit about the thatch life. Now, when I say thatch, it means that the roof is thatched. Some of those thatches have dirt floors. Ours had a wood floor, no electricity. We lived in a village uh, that we taught in a primary school that eventually won second in the nation for a primary school exam scores. I'll let Rhonda share with you what it's like for two daughters to be raised in that environment. Well, those were definitely the early days, and thankfully that's not the way we're still living. But um, we did live, we managed a primary school for 12 years, and that was the first 12 years kind of of ministry before we started the property where the Bible college is that Bob will tell about later. But just um, that was one of my prayers when I first left was, what about my children? Where would they go to school? I was a school teacher here, and I was, you know, that was one of my concerns. Where would they go to school? And Belize is an English-speaking country, so that's an advantage because we're not foreign. We, neither one of us know foreign languages. But um, just less than a year from the time we got to Belize, and we were just doing backyard Bible clubs and um, fitting in wherever we could and just finding where the Lord wanted us because we didn't go for a specific purpose. But... Um, when we started the primary school in um, Boom Creek, the village, uh, former missionaries had asked us to take over after they had left, and um, we prayed about it, and then the Lord showed us to do that. And um, it was a very different lifestyle, <laughs> you know, the thatch roof, and, the, and it was very different from what I was used to. But this was the school that we managed, and I was principal there for the first few years until we were able to get a Belizean teachers. Um, and, yes, a lot of times the schools, the children come to school barefooted. You know, it was a whole different lifestyle. But just to, to show God's provision, because we were faithful and went ahead and went through even things that were difficult for us at the time, um, as Bob said, the school ended up being um, second in the nation for primary school scores, which is a big thing there in that country. And um, it was recognized, even though it's a small village in the south. And south is known as the forgotten district because everything happens in the northern central but um, our girls uh, are both graduated college, university. As soon as they came back, they went to a junior college first and got education there to, instead of taking the big tests. 
and then moved right on and have always been on academic scholarships in, in college just to show that even though they went to school in a small village where there was no electricity, no running water, God's provision was there and their education was fine for them back in. And now one of them is, the oldest one is um, in foster care and adoption. The other one's finishing up university. But God, that was one of his provisions for us and me as a mother wondering, what about education for my child? And instead he used us as part of that education and starting schools and some other, and then the Bible college eventually. So I'll stop. And the other photos, the, the Bible college, um, actually we started with uh, uh, a training center just making disciples. And so as, um, as we'll see in the other photos, there's a, this was a new facility that we purchased about two years ago that's a women's dorm now. We actually started, this was a children's home we started at in 1999. We lived in the house on the right. And uh, the house on the left has been recently uh, remodeled, and that's the women's dorm. And eventually we'll live on this campus. And you'll see in a moment, you'll see some other photos of, uh, of other. This is a hard-to-see photo, but the blue building is a Bible college. The yellow building is a training center. And in the middle of that, those two buildings now have a church. And so uh, we planted churches. We planted seven churches while we've been in Belize. This is our seventh church that we're at now, Emory Grove Christian Church, which is where I pastor. And the other churches, we knew that as we planted the church, we also had an indigenous person in that language or in that culture, ethnic group, working with me that I eventually phased myself out and allowed uh, the church to be planted some other photos, you'll see uh, Belize. Now, this is a mission team from Flint Baptist Church. Uh, we have traditionally about 50 teams a year before COVID, sometimes a few more or less. But this team is from Flint, and they do construction work while they're there. Uh, the guy with the cowboy hat on was uh, the team leader. Now, this this is, uh, the you can see in the background behind this welder, is uh, Bible College Radio. One of the one of the uh, programs that Belize Bible College has is that we teach media and broadcast in uh, just a few elective, like an elective type courses. The the main college itself teaches uh, theology, uh, associate's degree and a, and a bachelor's degree in theology. Now this man welding there though is actually a welder from Tyler, Texas, that comes and works on projects. Also he is has a ministry as well that's in, uh, that does um, uh, children's adoption, I think, called Adoption Collective, I think is the name of it. And then uh, this is a, the man on the right you see in the blue shirt is a pastor from Palestine, Texas, that's teaching. This was his uh, group that he taught a class for electives. And then uh, the, that's the students that was in his class. His name is Zach Zajac. In the Bible College, we have now we have Belizean teachers that um, got their bachelor's degree at the Bible College, and now we have two of them, young men on staff, teaching the um, associates classes now. And that's always our goal is to get the people from Belize into those positions as soon as we can. Sometimes it takes longer than others. Um, this young man teaching right here is Denmark Jacobs. Started Denmark Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Started in our uh, youth group. Uh, actually, he quit his job in order to go to Bible college. He's my barber also. He cuts hair, worked his way through college, and now he's a professor there. This is an associate's degree level uh, course. 
there inside the Bible College. And this is our one graduating class that we can again give God the glory for. for uh, you see, there's a difference. Uh, what happens is, and Matthew 28 tells us to go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, though, says, you know, teaching them all things that I have commanded you. And so that teaching them all things is the difference between training or disciple-making and education. And so this college will be accredited this year. We'll be, uh, have our, our walk-through inspection from CETA, Caribbean the- Theological Evangelical Accreditation. You have been a part of this process from the time we left here <laughs> all the way through, and we want to thank you for it. And uh, just what a blessing that this church has been to us to be back today. A real blessing. Thank you, Pastor. Awesome. Well, if y'all hold on to your microphones for just okay. a second, uh, I would like to hear from y'all. Uh, let us know some ways we can continue to pray for y'all, uh, whether it's a, a certain project or a certain thing that's that's going on or if it's just something for y'all personally. If y'all have some prayer requests, we want to be lifting you up and, and asking God to uh, provide and take care of those. So do y'all have some prayer requests that Dogwood can remember for you? Go ahead. Well, I'm just always thinking of protection and provision as always all along the way. It's just a constant prayer. Um, Bob can probably give you more specific projects um, just for, you know, that the um, grounds will be fertile and, that, you know, that people will come to the Lord is always our prayer as well. But projects, so. Probably just for, for us, I'm 64, and so when you build something like this, you realize that there will be somebody pick this up and go with it, much younger person. And so just be praying for those people to come. And then we're starters, so, you know, eventually this will be another project or something else to do that we're uh, doing. So just be praying for that right person to pick the torch up and go with it. And I think that's probably my main prayer every day is that <laughs> who's coming next, you know, is, is uh, critical to God's work. And uh, is there any questions? Anybody? Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anybody have a question? And some of you guys, I know we have accountability group for our men there. Accountability group started here in this church. I know Bobby Smith was my accountability partner. And Arnold McCoy and these guys, you know, that we've known a long time are part of that early growth. But a lot that we learned here is exactly what we're doing there. Any questions or? All right. Well, thank you all so much for being here. Church, let's give a hand and a a praise to God for all that he's been doing. Thank you all so much for sharing with us. Well, it is time for us to dismiss our uh, children to 252. Uh, so they can head over to these doors, and Cody and Megan will will meet them there. Well, with today being focused on missions, um, this is a a work that we are all called to, and I wanted us to uh, take a brief look at a verse that I think is very helpful for us uh, in thinking through 
the, the call that we and that the church uh, has been given. Uh, and so our sermon is titled, Our Christ Given Mission, because this is a mission that, that Jesus himself has given us. And so if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read just one verse, verse 8, uh, and I'm going to pray for us. And we're just going to look at some things that I think are helpful from verse 8 for us to think about the mission that Jesus, our Savior, has given us. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for the reports that we received. I thank you for the faithfulness of uh, these individuals uh, to serve in uh, missions context. I pray that you will continue to bless them Uh, God, I pray now that you will shape us by the truth of your word as we hear it. Uh, I pray that you will help us see a vision of what we all are called to be a part of in some way. And I pray that you will make us more and more into a people that are a great commission church focused on taking the good news of the gospel to the lost. Work in us now in our hearts and minds to believe and to respond accordingly. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So from verse, verse 8 in Acts 1, I want us to just kind of see three truths concerning our missions, concerning our call that Christ has given the church, and just kind of talk through those things. The first thing that I want us to see from this text is this. Our Christ-given mission is fueled by the Holy Spirit. Our Christ-given mission is fueled by the Holy Spirit. So looking back at the first part of verse 8, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. So this is after uh, the crucifixion and he has been resurrected and come back and he spent some time with his disciples and has been teaching them and the, the final thing that he has to say to them before he ascends back to heaven, he tells his disciples this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But you will receive power. This is a guarantee. When the Holy Spirit comes on a believer, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, indwells a believer there's a guarantee that you will have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. The work that Jesus was commissioning them to do was going to be fueled by the Holy Spirit. It was going to be powered by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't going to be because of how great they were. It wasn't going to be in their ability to really captivate a crowd. It wasn't going to be because of the influence that they had. It was just going to be that they were obedient and they let the Spirit of God work in them and work through them for this mission. And in verse 4, Jesus had told them 
wait in Jerusalem. Do not leave. Do not go out and do anything until you receive the promise that the Father has given. Until you have the Holy Spirit, don't go and do anything. Because the work that they were being called to, the work that he was commissioning his disciples to, had to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the good news is, church, that all believers, everyone who has put their faith in Christ, has received the Holy Spirit. And what an encouragement to me. Someone who may think... Yeah, but I don't know if I have what it takes. Uh, I don't know if I know the right thing to say. Or what if I kind of stumble in kind of something that I say, or I don't have the right answer. I, I just don't know. Or I don't know if I could go there and do something like that. What an encouragement to know this isn't dependent upon me. And it's not dependent upon you. All that God wants out of us in this is obedience to what he's calling us to. And he is going to empower us to do that. Right? And that's an encouragement. It's not dependent upon us. But that is a reminder. Since this is fueled by the Holy Spirit and not fueled by my ability to do something great for God... It's a reminder that this is a work that we are all called to. Taking the message of Christ to the lost is something that we as believers are all invited into. We've all been given this, this mission from our Savior. And we may be tempted to think, well, missions type work, that's for a select few. Right? That, that's for someone who's really special really knowledgeable, or really can connect with different cultures. Uh, that's not the case for what Christ has given the church. It is going to look different for us. Not everyone's going to go to another country. Uh, not everyone's going to go to another state. But we are all called to and empowered to be able to be a part of this mission. David Platt in his book, Radical Together, this was a follow-up to his really popular book, Radical. Uh, in Radical Together, he says this, All men and women who have placed their faith in Christ have the Spirit in them so that they might be witnesses for Christ to the ends of the earth. When you read Acts 2, you realize the giving of the Spirit was never a special anointing on a few. This was about a supernatural anointing on every single one of God's people. And so, as Christ has given His disciples a mission in this world, to take the good news of our Savior out in the world, that's a mission that continues for the church. This is still what Christ wants us to be a part of. And as I was thinking about the work that God wants us to do, uh, and that it is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that it is fueled by the Spirit of God, I was reminded of this verse from Zechariah. Zechariah 4 and verse 6. So he answered me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by strength or by might, but by my Spirit says the Lord of armies. And we're getting ready to, to rebuild. 
And the word from the Lord is, this isn't going to be done in your ability. This isn't going to be done because you have the right amount of strength, because you have the right know-how. This will be done by the Spirit of the Lord. This will be done by the Holy Spirit. And that's true for every one of us in the work that God has called us to. It's not by our own power. If it's up to me, I'm going to blow it at some point in time. I will, and you will too. If we try to do this on our own, but we're not on our own, church, God has given us His Spirit. And He has said, I am going to empower you to do the work that I am calling you to do. And so, our strength, our intelligence doesn't matter. It's, are we willing to be obedient to what God has called us to? Going to another city going to another state, going to another country, that has to be fueled by the Holy Spirit if it's going to be used for God's glory. But the same thing is true for loving your neighbor and sharing the gospel with a lost family member or a lost co-worker. Everything that we do for God must be fueled by the Spirit of God. And so church, let's be a Holy Spirit-empowered church. He's given us the Spirit. The Father has given us the Spirit. So let's be empowered by the Spirit and let's walk in the Spirit and be obedient to what God has done or what God has called us to in our Christ-given mission. Second truth I want us to see from Acts 1-8 is this. Our Christ-given mission is for His glory. Our Christ-given mission is for His glory. So Acts 1-8 again, but you will receive power when, you, when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. The mission that Jesus gave the church, the mission that he wants his disciples to be uh, obedient to is focused on Jesus. It's for Jesus. It's for his glory. The mission that we are given is all about what He has done and who He is. The world needs a Savior. And the church has really good news. Amen? The church has really good news. The Savior's come. God sent His Son to save us. And Jesus came and was perfectly obedient to the Father and accomplished everything that was necessary for salvation. And Jesus says, this is what you were supposed to do. If you are one of mine, if you have trusted in me, you are to be my witness. Share who I am with others. Share what I've done with others because there's others who need to hear this really good news. Now, we're tempted in this area in a couple of ways. When it comes to missions work, whether that's doing something local in your community or going to the far ends of the earth, one temptation, church, we may slip into is we wouldn't admit this likely. And we may not even realize it, but a temptation is we end up doing things more for our glory. We end up doing something and we want to post it online, not that It's wrong to share what you've done and what God's been doing. But we want to post it online and our obsession becomes with the the Facebook likes and the attaboys and stuff like that. And 
The, another way that we may be doing it for our glory is we do something in our own community and we think, well, maybe if we do this, more people will start coming here. The work that we are doing, if that's our attitude, is for, for our benefit. It's for our glory. And the, the work that Christ has called us into is for Him and for His glory. I think another temptation is sometimes we're tempted to do the good work but not share the good news. We're tempted to do the good work but not share the good news. We, we, we don't have a problem being nice to someone. We don't have a problem helping someone out. Feel a little bit more uncomfortable taking that next step of sharing. This is, this is why we're doing this. This is, this is who Jesus is and this is what Jesus has done for you and done for me. And so we end up doing that work but the people who are lost don't hear the good news of the gospel. And so we're missing it if we, if we are not sharing because this mission is for Jesus. It's for His glory. And so that really should be how we view all of our lives. Everything I say, everything I do, if I'm a follower of Christ, my thought should be is I want to bring glory to my Savior in this. I want people to see Jesus in this. And I want to have the opportunity to share Jesus in this. You remember, this is how Paul lived his life. And the way he described how he wanted to be faithful in his life. When we walked through Philippians, uh, when I first came here, we saw these words from Paul, Philippians 1.20. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul saying, no matter what happens to me, if I die in this jail cell because of Jesus, or if I'm released and I get to go out and continue to serve, what my hope is, what my desire is, is that Everything I do will be used to honor Jesus. It will bring glory to Jesus. That's what the mission that Jesus has given the church is supposed to do. As we serve faithfully, it should be to point people to our Savior and tell people about the good news of our Savior. And so church, let's remember, we aren't building our kingdom We aren't doing this for our glory. And let's be faithful. Let's join God in building Jesus' kingdom for Jesus' glory. The third thing I want us to see in Acts 1.8 is this. Our Christ-given mission is local and global. Our Christ-given mission is local and global. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Witnesses in Jerusalem, that's where they were. Witnesses in Judea and Samaria, that's the surrounding areas, and all the way to the ends of the earth, as far out as you can imagine, all the way. We're going to take this message of the Savior that this world needs to hear about. And so there is a local focus 
and there is a global focus when it comes to the mission that Jesus has given us. And sometimes we can be tempted uh, in one way or the other uh, to kind of focus on one or the other, right? I've heard of people that say, well, we got too many problems here. We, we don't need to worry about what's going on in some other part of the world because we got problems here. Uh, or the other side of that, sometimes the, it, it's a little too familiar here. Uh, we may not feel comfortable sharing the good news of the gospel with our neighbor because what if they think I'm weird? Uh, but I may be more supportive of uh, going or helping support people that are going uh, to other parts of the world. And Christ's commission, the mission that he gave his disciples, is not either or. It's both and. There is a local mission that the church has been given. And there is a global mission that the church has been given. And we're invited into all of that, not one or the other. We are meant to share the good news of Jesus here. And we are meant to help share the good news to the far ends of the earth. For Jesus' glory. And so last year, church, we encouraged some additional mission support, right? We, we encouraged uh, serving at TVCC and trying to start building some, some connections with some students at TVCC. Uh, we packed care packs for love and action with the homeless ministry. Uh, we collected funds for the North American Mission Board with Annie Armstrong. We collected funds for the uh, International Mission Board with Lottie Moon. We helped Newton go to New York. We continued support for the Farleys, and there were some other things. And this verse reminds us of why all of that is so important. Christ has given us a mission, and it is local, and it is global. And so let's continue to grow in our participation in that. And let's continue to grow in our support of that. Every church, every church and every believer is called to be great commission people and great commission churches. And so church, let's answer that call. Let's serve in our Christ-given mission and let's support others as they continue to serve. Whatever that context looks like, whether that's here or somewhere else in the world, let's support and let's be a part of the mission that Jesus has given us to share the good news of a Savior. Dogwood, Jesus has told us what He wants us to do. He wants us to be a witness to this lost world of who He is and what He has done for us. And so, the really good news is we have the Spirit of God that will empower us to do this. This is not dependent on you and me. So, when you think about sharing with your neighbor... And we think about maybe taking that step that feels a little bit uncomfortable to go into a community that you don't know anything about or to go somewhere in the world that you don't know anything about. We remember, I have the Spirit of God that will empower me to do this. I just need to be faithful. I just need to be obedient. And He's called us. Be my witnesses. Tell people. Tell people the good news that the Savior's come. And so... 
That mission happens here. That mission happens all around the world. And so, church, let's keep fulfilling the Christ-given mission. All right, let's keep being a Great Commission church. And let's let that mission drive us in everything that we do for Jesus and for His glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You are good and faithful. And we thank You for that. Use us, Lord. Shape us. Continue to make us into the the people of God that You want us to be, the church that You want us to be. And help us be faithful. Help us remember that we're not on our own. Uh, Help us be faithful to the call to take the good news of the Gospel out. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.